Well, hey, good morning, everybody. It's so good to be here with all of you, and uh, I do apologize for my voice. A, I'm a little under weather. It's not COVID, it's fine. Everybody, don't panic. B, uh, I was coaching my son's basketball team yesterday, and I got a little elevated in my voice, okay? I tried my best. It's hard when they're not in their positions, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard not to yell. So, uh, I'll try to get through this as best as I can, so I want to welcome all of you here. So glad that you're here in the house, uh, and I also want to say hello to all of you who are watching online. I'm glad you're joining us as well. Uh, you made a great choice to be with us, and, and we are so grateful uh, that you have ch just chosen to be with us to allow God in, and we're just glad to be a part of you, man, wanting to experience God, and, and we hope that you get that every single time that we meet together. That's our prayer for you. Today, uh, we are going to wrap up this series that we've been in. We're wrapping up the series for reasons, but before we get to that, I do want to uh, give you a heads up about where we're going next week. I'm really excited about this. So next Sunday, uh, we're going to start a brand new series where we're going to actually talk about uh, some of the questions and wonderings that come up uh, with people and also Christians, by the way, uh, about Christianity. And so we're calling this, I don't get it. And I think it's gonna be really good because we're gonna be looking into things like this. We're gonna be looking into things like, hey, what's the truth about heaven and hell? What, do we, what is the truth and what is like stuff I heard about that might not be true? How do we deal with uh, evolution and dinosaurs and creation and all that stuff? Uh, what do we do with the book of Revelation? We're, we're gonna talk about a lot of those things. Uh, and so I think it's gonna be a really good series to, to come in on. And also why I'm giving this to you is I think it's a great series to maybe invite some friends to. Some friends that you know have some serious questions. Maybe they're far away or away from from church because of these things, but here's what we believe. We believe that if we ask those and actually dig deep into them, it's gonna cause our faith to get stronger uh, as a result. So that's why I'm excited about looking into this new series. So be looking uh, forward to that next week. Uh, we are as well. Uh, but today, uh, we are going to close out this series for reasons by looking at the last thing uh, that Christians do, it's, and it's this, and it's, it's what I want for all of you. We're gonna look at four reasons why we should have spiritual friends, why we should have spiritual friends. If you have your Bibles and you want to go along with me, go ahead and open them in the very beginning. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. And I'm going to start out this morning uh, with an idea that's put in front of us that I hope is going to help us uh, think about how necessary close relationships uh, the, uh, are for us and why God has them in our lives. So, so I'm going to get you caught up. This will be the easiest uh, catch up ever because we're in Genesis 2. There's not much to get caught up on. So here's what happens so far in God's story. God created everything. All right, you're caught up, all right? Now, that's where we are. And so he created everything. He created everything. We see uh, mountains and, and like the streams, just everything beautiful. He made creatures. Uh, he made the earth. He made every single thing in the environment. And then he made uh, man. He made Adam. Uh, and then God recognizes something uh, that we need to see uh, as, in the, as far as the order of problems go for us. This is what he recognized, and we just need to catch this. This is in verse 18 in Genesis 2, and here's what it says after he created man. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. All right, so I think this is really interesting. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but here's the thing. The very first problem that came in for us wasn't sin. It was actually solitude. Do you know that? Sin doesn't come in until chapter three, uh, and it's important to see this because of the order of it, because it's foundational in God. Like needing people is foundational in God's creation. It's not a result of sin. 
It was foundational from the very beginning of time. Man was not created to be alone. God knew that it wasn't good. And so here's the whole point of today's message. We were made to have contact. We were made to have close relationships with each other. And the truth is uh, that a growing relationship with God, here it is, requires a growing relationship with other people outside of our blood, outside of our family. We need spiritual friends. This is critical and necessary thing for us, and it's something that God saw from the very, very beginning. But here's what we gotta know, gang. We gotta know that this is not, this is not where our culture is actually going. In fact, our culture is actually going in the exact opposite direction of community. It's going towards more and more isolation. We're becoming more and more individualistic with every single thing that is available to us. I mean, you can look in every direction and it leads to the same conclusion. Uh, that we're more isolated, that, that most things are created to be taken in individually now instead of communally. Like if you think, just, just look at anything, like look at entertainment, look at entertainment. Like it used to be, TV used to be something that you would gather around together and watch and then you would get together outside of that and, and talk about it. Like you, there was a day, by the way, where you would go, like you would watch something. It was only on once a week, by the way. You could only watch, and then you had to wait a whole week to watch it again. And then you would go to wherever you go, work or school, and then you would say, hey, did you, did you watch The Office? Did you, did you watch Seinfeld? Did you watch Golden Girls? I'll be generational here. Did you, you know, Betty White loved her. But like, did you watch that, right? And, and you would do that and you would talk around the water cooler and you would do, and we don't have water coolers anymore got water bottles, but you would do that. But now, like, you can't even do that because now we're streaming uh, and on demand. And so now what happens if you start talking about The Office, somebody will inevitably say, don't say anything. I'm only on season two. I'm only on season two. Don't say anything. I don't want it to be ruined. That's where we're at. So it's, it's more individualized. It's less communal sports, right? Sports is the epitome of community, right? It's like a bunch of people getting together, being united around a sports team and cheering for them. Uh, but man, that's become really individualized. Actually, I, I was a victim of that. Uh, a couple months ago, uh, West Virginia was playing football and their game wasn't gonna start till like nine at night or something like that. That's way past my beauty sleep time. And, but if I'm teaching on a Sunday, I really do go to bed early and so I wasn't gonna watch it. I was just gonna watch it the next day. So I went around, this is true, I went around the office and I said, listen, to everybody that I knew would talk about, I said, don't say one word about that game. Like if you say, I would you like don't say anything i'm gonna watch it tomorrow and and then the next day on sunday i avoided everybody like i in fact if i had to come into you i would say hey how you doing don't tell me about the game like that's what i did totally isolated myself uh from everybody um we are more we're more individualized we're becoming less and less communal and things and it's driving us away from those relationships that we have and here's the thing gang this is this is not speculation uh this is actually a trend that has data so uh, there's a few places you could look at. I was looking at a survey center on American life and they studied Americans age 18 and older. And here's what the data showed. The data showed this, that nearly half of all Americans, 49%, reported to having fewer than three close friends. All right, now that's a twofold increase from uh, 1990, twofold increase. Uh, and 12%, listen to this, 12% claimed to have zero friends. 12% of people have zero friends. Four times that amount is 30 years ago, okay? Neighborhood closeness is down. Here's what I found out. This is crazy. 75% of people have no desire to talk to their neighbors. Like, why? Because of what their dogs did to their yard. That's why. No, that's not why. That's not why. Here's why. They don't know them. 
And that, they don't know. 75% of people don't know their neighbors enough to talk to them. People are reporting. They're reporting this. They're saying this with their voices and, and with their relationships that they're having a few closer friendships than they ever had. Uh, they're talking to their friends less often and they're relying on people uh, less and less for personal support. And, and there are things on the rise that I don't think are a coincidence when it comes to the isolation and the loneliness that we feel. Uh, from cdc.gov, it's saying that the suicide rate are 33% higher today than they were 30 years ago. 33% higher. That's amazing to me. Uh, just last year, 12 million people uh, said, I mean, we don't know how many really, but this is who actually said they did. 12 million people seriously thought about suicide last year. And I, I think this ties to our connectedness. I, this ties to uh, our isolation that people are feeling. Here's another one that's increasing more and more, uh, and I don't think it's a, uh, a coincidence, is the use of pornography. Do you support, why, why is that tied to this? Because it's mostly done in isolation. It's mostly done in isolation. It drives individualized desires. And so, uh, why, but why is that bad? Why is pornography so bad? You, you hear church talk about it all the time. But well, here's why it is. I just want to talk about it. Like, I would first like, look at what Jesus has to say about it. And Jesus would say this. He would say that, that if you lust after anyone, anyone, and that's what you're doing when you're watching pornography, that it's the same as committing adultery. And it's not good, it does things to you, man. It's not good for you, and so that's what's happening when you do it. But it also uh, causes things to happen psychologically. Uh, first of all, what it does is it actually puts an emphasis on actions to fulfill personal desire without needing anybody else to, to fulfill your intimacy. That's way outside of God's design. That's way, like you were not designed to fulfill your intimacy needs. You need somebody else to do that. And it also, here's the other thing, it's so damaging everybody, it's why it's so dangerous. Because it causes you to have unrealistic expectations when it comes to what intimacy should look like. And for those of you who are married, it causes real problems. And, and if you're not yet, and you're soon to be, and you're doing that and you're watching that, I'm telling you, it really messes you up. It messes you up. Um, this is where our culture is going. All these things are on a rise. And I don't think uh, that it's a coincidence. We're, we're more isolated. We're more lonely than we've ever been. It's not a trend that's changing because our culture isn't changing. It's actually driving us away from people. It's not driving us towards people. Uh, it's driving us to be more self-serving and less dependent on people. And God said this from the very beginning. Even before sin came in, he was like, it's not good to be alone. We were made to have contact. We were made uh, to have a need for people in our lives. It's a biblical principle and it's also proven, this is what I wanna talk about, it's proven outside of the Bible as well. So it's biblical, but it's also proven outside of the Bible. So there was a Harvard study done a while back. It's actually uh, one of the longest studies ever done. It was a study done over 30 years with 7,000 people, okay? It was a Harvard study, and, and here's what they found. They found, and there was a study on um, uh, relationships, and here's what they found. They found out that people who are socially connected with people outside of their family, like really close ties, they are three times less likely to die from any cause than those who don't have close ties to family, friends, and other relationships, okay? In fact, it found out that people who had bad health habits but remain connected live longer than people with good habits and are disconnected. That's what they're saying. Now, don't hear me wrong and go out there and buy a pack of cigs because you got a bunch of friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not the point. That's not what I'm saying, uh, that you can just dodge a health bullet because you got a bunch of buddies. Uh, here's my point. And, and again, like, people outside of the Bible are proving this as well. 
Man, we were designed to, we were created by God to flourish when we have close relations, when we're connected and have close bonds with other people. But here's what I want to talk about today. In order to get there, in order to find that, in order to get what God designed and created for us to have, we're going to have to do things differently than everybody else. And that's the trick, man. That's the hard part. We're going to have to do something different. You're going to have to make choices that go upstream from our current culture and the activities that our culture is driving us to. Because having spiritual friends, having spiritual friends is not the same as being in a club, even coming to church, even going uh, to Fuse or something like that. It's different than having a weekly card night and all that stuff. Now, those are great things. You can actually find some great things from that, don't hear me wrong, but having spiritual friends, it's just, it brings different benefits in than any other kind of friends that you can have. So, so let's look into this a little bit. Let's see uh, what the benefits are of having close friends, spiritual friends in your life. So if you're in your Bibles already and you wanna jump with me a little bit, go to the book of Ecclesiastes. We're gonna be in Ecclesiastes 4 as you're getting there. Uh, Ecclesiastes... Uh, was written by Solomon. He was written by Solomon. He was a king. He was uh, like one of the wisest people ever. He actually asked for wisdom and, and he was one of the wisest people ever. He had everything. He was the richest king. He had a thousand wives. He had everything you could ever desire uh, and he loved God. He loved God, but he lived life, man. He, he tried to pursue everything he could. Uh, and so he wrote uh, a couple of things for us. And, and one of these things that he wrote in Ecclesiastes was he just gave us some wisdom. And so for me, I'm like, let's look into some wisdom from a guy who had it all and a guy who loved God and who wanted to give us some advice. And so here's what he says. We're gonna be in verse nine in Ecclesiastes four. Here's what he says. He says, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So he's saying two are better than one. Community is better than isolation. Why? Because when we're together, when we have close bonds together, man, we can pick each other up. That when we're close together, we, we are better protected. We're better protected together from all these elements that are just trying to get us and trying to take us down and that exist. And we can actually overcome some things that would otherwise, listen, overwhelm us when we're by ourselves, when we're alone. That's what this scripture is actually pointing to. And that's what God is saying from the very beginning that it's not okay to be alone, man. I don't want you to be alone. So let's look into this a little bit more, look into some reasons why, and be really sure. Just, I just want us to be really sure why we need some people who are invested in God and also invested in us personally and look into our lives a little bit. So here's the first reason. I hope you're taking notes. Go ahead and grab your notes there. If you're taking notes, here's the first reason why I need spiritual friends is because I need people who will care for me. I need people who will care for me. Go ahead and open up to Romans chapter 12. I'm gonna be jumping around. I put the scriptures there in your outlines. I'm gonna be in a lot of places today. So hopefully you grabbed an outline. You can look into this more personally. But Romans chapter 12. I love how Paul lays out, uh, it's a simple definition of friendship, but I'm telling you, man, so many of us don't even have this. And it baffles me, but, but I want this for you, and so does he. Uh, and I love how he lays this out. So here's what he says in Romans 12 about what spiritual friends do in, in verse 15. He says this, he goes, all right, be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. 
Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of just ordinary people like Andy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like just me, just ordinary people. I mean, don't, don't be too proud to hang out with somebody like me. So, so here's what he's saying, man, in this, first, in this first area of why we need these spiritual friends, man. We need some people in our lives who, who just know us enough, who, who, who when something good happens, just when something good happens, that they're there to celebrate it, that they're there to, to cheer you on, that, that when, when you have that achievement, when, when you have that promotion, when the baby is born, when, when you get engaged, that they're there to throw you a party, they're there to bring you a meal, they're there uh, to just say, man, I'm so happy for you, let's praise God for you, that they, they take that time Listen, just to care for you in that way, that there, sh- there should be for all of us, there should be for all of us a few people in our spiritual family who are just bent towards the good for our lives. But then he also says, but, but there's more in there, that there also should be some people when what they do is they know enough about you to carry the load of a burden or a struggle that you're going through. I could not tell you how necessary this is. I can't tell you how many of us don't have it either. But man, this is so huge for us. We need people like this, people who really do know us enough that in a look or, or in a field, but just because they know you enough to just sit and listen, not judge, but to pray and, and just hear you out and hear what's going on. We need people uh, in our lives, like those kind of people where you don't really have to fix your hair up and, and hang out, right? You could be in your bathrobe, you right? And you get, or where you're sitting across the table from them when the kids are in bed and you're really saying, all right, here's what's going on. Here's what's happening, and, and they're listening to you. Because here's the gang, it's easy to celebrate. It's easy to celebrate, but it's different when there's a burden. God made us to have those people in our lives and need a few people who can actually do that, and they, they, they should be there to do that. Having godly people uh, in your life, not just nodding at them in church and just saying hi and having a few-minute conversation with them, but really having people uh, who love Jesus and, and who are checking in on you daily or, or weekly uh, in your life and knowing you a little bit more than just a, a few-minute uh, blurb of your life where you're heard. It, it, this is where you're heard. This is where you're thought of. This is where you're truly, truly cared for. We need that in our lives. That's why it's a good idea to have spiritual friends. Here's the second reason why, is that I also need people who will encourage me. I need people who will encourage me. So go ahead uh, and jump to Hebrews chapter three. Hebrews chapter three. I'm gonna really hopefully get a lot of places here about this friend stuff. Hebrews three. So the writer of Hebrews here uh, he's actually gonna tell us something that we actually already know. He's gonna tell us something that we already know, and here it is. That on our own, on our own, we are most likely to fall away uh, or actually drift away from doing what God wants us to do. And so he's like, man, you gotta pay attention. Like, pay attention that, to that, man, because the gravitational pull of an unintentional life will never take you to where you really wanna go. If you're unintentional about your life, especially your spiritual life, you will never get to where you wanna go. You cannot get there on your own. So here's how he puts it uh, in Hebrews 3, in verse 12, he goes, so see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Now notice, he's talking to Christians. He's not talking to people who don't believe. He's like, you're gonna turn away if you're doing this on your own. So he's saying, you gotta take care. You gotta take care. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to what you wanna see happen in your life, to your marriage, to your family. Don't let it drift to a place that you don't want it to be. And so he doesn't leave us hanging on there because he keeps going and he kind of gives us the plan. So how do we do that? How do we not drift away? Well, he, he continues in verse 13. He goes, okay, so encourage one another daily as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So we need friends 
who encourage us. We need friends who will get there. I was looking into this. Uh, a lot of times when I uh, prepare, I, I look into the original language of words. I think sometimes it really is helpful. Sometimes it's not. But this word encourage, uh, it comes from the Greek word. And the Greek word is this. There's no way I'm, I'm going to butcher this. But it's parakaleo, parakaleo. And here's what it means. It means to exhort, to exhort. Now, I gotta explain this, because when's the last time you said, I wanna exhort you, right? We don't say that. So here's what exhort means. I wanna look into what this applies. So it means to encourage, yes, but it's deeper than that. It also means to comfort, to plead with, or urge strongly, to urge strongly. And so this word is saying, here's what this word is saying, that you need to be known by some people, by a few people, at a level and close enough to them that when you need encouraging your faith and you need help when you're about to drift, that they know what to do and they know how to say it, that the subtle things that are shaking your faith, that they're there to say, hey man, I notice uh, you're a little off. Something's a little off, man. What's going on? Hey, you guys aren't acting the same. What, is there something going on with you guys? Can I, can I pray for you? Can I help you? It's, I know it's been rough. Do you need anything? That they're there to exhort us. They're there to urge us on. They're there to plead with us strongly. And so he's saying that, listen, he's saying that right there is where the drift stops in your life. Anybody ever uh, had a drift in their life? Anybody like, man, why do I drift? He's saying, this is how the drift stops. We will all, we will all hit a drift in our faith. Don't, don't think it won't. We will all hit a drift in our faith, but it's through having people. It's not through white knuckling your way through your faith. Trust me, I don't know why we keep trying to do that, but it's through people who encourage you and exhort you and urge on with you and plead with you who will help you take care so that, listen, that you don't get hardened, hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That's what it does to you, gang. It's not just because it's, we don't want, you know, sin's, just, it's, sin's fun and don't have fun. No, it's deceitful, man. It tricks you and it hurts you. That's the second reason why. Here's the third reason why, is I also need people who will protect me. I need people who will protect me. I'm gonna go to a place uh, here if you wanna go with me. I'm gonna, I wanna look at what Jesus says about this. So if you wanna turn to John 15, we're gonna kind of go in a roundabout way to get here about uh, having people protect me. I love this. So we're gonna look at what Jesus says here. And, and the first place that we're gonna be in John 15 is actually a command that Jesus gives us. And here's what he says in John 15, 12. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. All right, so he says, love people like I love you. That sounds really neat. That sounds really neat. But man, until you see how he loves us, okay? Like, you know how he actually loves us? Okay, he loved us perfectly, and he loved us to death literally. That's how, and then he says, all right, Andy, I want you to love like that. And so I'm not I'm just being honest with you. I love you guys. I'm not sure how comfortable I am with your expectation of that, with me, where you're saying, yeah, but you love me like Jesus. Like, I don't know where I'm at with that. I, just, I don't want that comparison with Jesus, but he's saying love like I did. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I really love you to death, man. I'm sorry, I love you, but so, so Jesus helps us a little bit. Thankfully, he helps us a little bit and with a few things on how we actually love and how we can love like Jesus loves. So jump to a couple chapters of John 17, and, and now we're gonna be in his prayer that Jesus prays over his disciples right before uh, he goes to the cross to die for the sins of the world. And, and I love this. And I'm not gonna have time to go into the whole prayer. If you've never read this prayer, go read it today in John 17. Uh, and so he's gonna uh, tell us something about what love looks like. So here's where we're gonna, we're gonna pick this up in verse 11. Uh, and here's what he says in part of his prayer. He goes, listen, I'm gonna remain in the world no longer, but they, he's talking about his disciples, they are still in the world and I'm coming to you. 
Holy Father, listen, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Next verse, he says this. He says, I thought I had another verse there. He says, while I was with them, I protected them and I kept them safe by that name that you gave me. Okay, so in this prayer, I love this because he says, I protected them. But he says something interesting. He said, I protected them with your name. I protected them with your love. And he goes on to pray later in this prayer that all believers come to know the love of God, that all believers come to know that so well, that we are united in that one thing and that we are protected by that love as well and that we have unity together in this. And this is what I love. We're gonna kind of come full circle. In verse 23, here's what he says. He goes, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me as you have loved me. So, so here's the thing, man. One of the ways that we can love like Jesus loved us is that we could put ourselves in a position with other people where we protect them and we are protected by them with the love of God through Jesus who is in us. Isn't that amazing? That's what we're called to be and who we need in our lives, that we need protected by some people, by a few people in our lives. Protected from what? Protected from what? Well, Mostly ourselves. Like, I hate to say that about you, but you need to protect it from yourself, okay? Uh, we can all really get saturated in me thinking, can't we? We can really get there pretty quickly where it's just about me, myself, and, and I. And, and I'm telling you, all it takes is a perspective of somebody else outside of your circle, man. Some, I mean, family circle outside to say, look into your life and, and help you along in that, to, to come and, and say, man, uh, help you back in your life and, and help you realize what's really important, which is not you, it's Jesus, and, and it helps you remember why you're here and the purpose that you have, and, and, and that what's revolving around us is not me, but actually Jesus, and, and we need protected. Uh, anybody wanna say amen to this? We need to be protected from making dumb decisions. Anyone wanna say amen to that? Amen. I made some dumb decisions in my life, probably as a result of not talking to people uh, for my life, but I mean, I can't tell you, I cannot tell you how many bad decisions were avoided how many marriages were helped? How many problems were dodged because people simply said, I'm gonna put myself in a position where people can protect me. And here's the thing, gang, I honestly can't tell you how many because that's the thing about preventative care. I don't know because like, I, it, it's, I, I tell you, it's a whole bunch. It's a whole bunch. But, but man, it's amazing. But let me tell you, there isn't a person, there isn't a marriage, there isn't anyone who doesn't need help and support now for the decisions that they're gonna make later. You know what I'm saying? I, I want that in my life. So putting protections in your spiritual life. It's Christianity 101. That's Christianity 101. That's why we need spiritual friends. Here's the last reason why we, we need them is I need people who will pray for me. People will pray for me. I'm gonna go to two more places really, really quick. Uh, you might not have time to get there, but they're in your outlines. Here's Ephesians 6. Here's what it says. It says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Okay, now we're gonna go one more place. We're gonna go to Romans chapter eight and he says this. He says, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as, as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I thought a lot about this as I was going through this last part and I loved how God put this on me, the Romans 8, because man, I don't know, I don't know if any of you have ever been prayed like this, like prayed over like this, prayed for and prayed on like this by somebody else in your life. 
But man, I'm telling you, we need that. We all need that kind of prayer right there where the spirit just comes in. It's like, man, where, where you got people that just know you enough, that you are just doing life enough with someone. Because here's the thing, man. Here's the thing about this one. Like this, like you might not always need that kind of prayer. But when the time does come and you do need that, and when it matters most, you need someone who's already there. You, you need someone who already knows what's going on uh, and who they know your family enough. They know your story enough. They've heard things enough where they could just step in and they can pray over you in a way, listen to me, in a way that's different. It's in a way that's different than people who just kind of know you or people who, who can't pray like this. And, and I'm telling you, God is saying you need people and there are people that can be that in your life. So I just wanna ask you, do you have somebody like that? Like, do you have somebody who could pray over you and for you like that? Do you have someone who's on that spiritual level where they can pray like this for you? I know, uh, looking back at my life, like I've been, I was I just blessed by God and, and, I, and some of it is intentional with putting myself in, in the lives of other people and allowing others to be in my life where, where I've had someone pray that way for me and I've been blessed to pray uh, like that for someone else where, where literal like kind of utterances come out like you just don't know how, like it's literally like the Holy Spirit comes in and just gives you a groan. It's, it's, uh, it happens, I'm telling you, it happens, it's real, it's biblical and, and you, it, you can't explain what happens but I'm telling you, something different happens, it's irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable, and, and I've had pr friends pray over me with groans like that, and, and man, they, where they just kinda know me kinda groans. And it's not weird. It sounds weird, doesn't it? It sounds weird, it's like, I don't know if I want somebody groaning on me, but it's, it's not weird. When God is involved, man, I'm telling you, it's the most beautiful, life-giving, unbelievable thing. It's different, it's different. It's unique and comforting. God does something in a different way with that, and he's saying that's who you need in your life. And, and so these are the reasons. These are reasons, man. These are the benefits of, of you know, not just having friends, but having good, deep-rooted, spiritual friends. Three things that we take away from this, three things that we do that I wanna challenge us in, okay? Here's the first thing. You gotta identify your position. You gotta identify your position. So just really, really quick. Are you around some of these spiritual friends that I just described, or are you not? Are you with them on a consistent basis, or are you not? Are they, are they able to speak into your daily, weekly, or monthly life where, where they know you enough and they're talking to you, people who know you enough to pray for you, check in on you, encourage you, notice that you're not there, notice that you're around or not around, notice that your marriage is going okay, that it's not going okay, notice that your school life is all right or not okay. Like, do you have those people? Easy enough to, to assess, right? I either have them or I don't. And I'm not asking you to have 10, I'm just asking you if you have a couple. And here's the thing, if you do have them, then you could go on to the next step. But if you don't, you gotta figure out how to get them. You gotta figure out how to get them. And I wanna help you, man. I wanna help you get them, okay? So that's why I have this thing up there. You can get your phones out, take a picture. I don't know, just get your picture up there. You know me, I don't know how technology works, but I think if you get your photo thing out there, it'll jump you to, to the groups thing, right? So this is because we wanna help you get some people in your life. We have groups that are starting. We have men's groups. We have women's groups. We have Freedom in Christ starting up this spring. I'm looking forward to that. I'm gonna be a part of that. I can't wait for that. Uh, this is not a normal move, gang. Like taking a step and saying, I'm gonna get into a smaller group. I'm gonna get, get done with the rows. I'm gonna be in a circle of people who, are, who wanna go after God with me. It, it's countercultural, man. Our culture's not pushing for this stuff anymore. It but here's the thing, it requires a commitment. Like it requires a spot on your calendar. But if you wanna get from here to there, 
Like if you really want God moving in your life, just look at what he said from the very beginning. He's like, you gotta have some people, man. You gotta have some helpers in your life, man. You gotta be around the people with the same kind of, uh, of bent towards the good and towards God and towards Jesus growing in your life. You can't get around it. So you gotta identify your position. Here's the second thing. Discover my ability to give myself. So I wanna challenge you, man. I wanna challenge you not just to have spiritual friends or find spiritual friends, I wanna challenge you to be one for somebody else too. Like every single one of us in this room and watching online has the ability to be a spiritual friend to someone else. Like that's where you get away from the me thinking, man. I wanna be that for somebody else, okay? It's, it, and it's really easy to get after that in your life. Here's what it requires. It requires you just asking questions. It requires you to listen to somebody else and, and not just wait for that thing to say, oh, here's what I wanna say about that. I wanna say something better that, than that. I wanna say what about my life, you know? Uh, but really talking to somebody, really taking somebody else in and, and, and man, just by doing that, you can really become a great spiritual friend. Uh, we all have that ability. So I just want you to discover your ability to give yourself as well. And here's the third thing. Just cultivate a few relationships. Just cultivate a few relationships, this is so important, man. It's, uh, so if you really get on the first two going, then, then, then I want you to kind of continue to go down the road because this is what you're gonna wanna do. What you're gonna wanna do, is, is this is what I mean by cultivate. So when you're in a group of people, maybe you're on a serving team or maybe you're in a women's group or a men's group or a home group or you're gonna join uh, the, the, um, the group that we're starting in Spring Freedom in Christ or, or whatever it is. And you don't have to be in a ridge group, by the way. We just know that it's a problem for people to find this and that's why we created groups. And so that's just a solution that we know answers a real problem. We didn't create the problem, it's there. So go out there and talk to Blair and Brandon, man. Figure out what groups are right for you and they can answer all your questions. Uh, but here's the thing, man make a commitment when you're in that group to just get to know a few people where you can say, man, I, I kind of get along with them. And say, maybe, maybe we could get together uh, once a week and start talking a little bit more. Maybe just three or four of you get, a, get together once a week and, or once a month or whatever and talk about your faith and pray together and stuff. That's what it is. And now here's something that can relax you. All right, here's something that can relax you. Going out there or, or clicking on that thing and, and taking the next step and getting information uh, on groups or Freedom in Christ or women's group or something like that, it will not force you into some weird time warp where you're gonna be like holding hands with somebody and crying on them, okay? Like that's not gonna happen. It's, that's not how it works. That's not what we're saying. It's not reality. Uh, we know that. But man, it's just like, you got to take the first step. So I want to almost like break that seal. It's not going to happen like that. But over time, over time, God will put some people in, in your face, man. It's awesome. But not everybody. And that's okay. Uh, where it, He'll put some people in there where it will just make sense. But you have to put yourself in the right position. I pray that you do that. I was thinking about this with me and Courtney. Courtney and I have been in groups for like 15 or 16 years. I can't really remember how long we've been in groups because we've actually been in group together longer than we even, before we started dating. We were actually in a group before we started dating and uh, we haven't been in the same group. We've been in like probably seven or eight different groups through the years and, and I'm gonna tell you this. I cannot tell you how much they've helped us along in our faith and how much we've had people who've encouraged us and were forced. They actually helped us get into our relationship. I'm telling you right now, we have people in groups that were praying for us to get together because I couldn't see it. You know, they, they were praying, open Andy's eyes for Courtney and I was like, oh, there she is. You know, like it was amazing. But we, I can't tell you how much they've helped us. It's an absolute for us. It's an absolute in our lives and we can 100% for certain say that we would not be where we are today 
without having a circle of people in our living room on a consistent basis. We're so grateful for the people that God put in our lives. And I'll tell you this, man, of all those groups, I don't know how many people, probably 130 people over that time, I don't know. There were only a handful that we really knew before we got in a group. We really didn't know all of them, but I'm gonna tell you this right now, man. Now we have like lifelong friends. Lifelong friends as a result of that. Uh, friends that like we're not in a group with anymore. Friends that are not even in the same state anymore, but that we still rely on. We still talk to, they still pray over us for God things that happen in our lives. And it's critical. It's just what happens. It's what you need. It's what God saw from the very, very beginning of time. And that's why we say this. It's out there on that wall. You can't do life alone. You were made to be in community. You need some spiritual friends. And I think that's why God lays out the benefits of them. Doesn't just say why or what. It gives you the why. And we all need that in your life. Let's pray. God, uh, I, I do pray over our ability to see what you are trying to tell us with community. I know for me it's a struggle. Like I am an introvert, I am somebody who doesn't believe that I need people, I fight it all the time and yet you open me up every single time to the beauties and, and realities of what happens when I am in community, every single time. It's amazing to me, it astonishes me like what happens in my own faith in my own life when I don't think I need people and then that's where you do something amazing through somebody else because they know me or because I know them, because I get to pray over them, because I get to see them grow or make that decision and, and they see that in my life and then they see my kids grow, they pray over them. It's amazing what happens, God. Thank you that you just don't leave us to be alone, that two are better than one, three are even better, that, 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 that those cords are not easily broken. You don't want us to break in this world, man. This world is throwing enough at us and you're saying, I know the answer. You need people to encourage, to pray, to protect, to care for us. I pray that we take this seriously and that we have the courage to take a step with a few to be really, really known and to grow in you. We love you and we pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andy, for sharing that message. I think um, just what we've experienced with students, right? You can't do life alone. And we truly believe that life change happens in the context of relationships. So I don't know if you've ever experienced small groups, if you've ever been in a home group. I just wanna encourage you, we have group signups out in the lobby today. Take some time, talk to Brandon, talk to Blair, talk to the leaders out there. If you have a middle school or high school or maybe you're here today for the first time, I would love to connect with you to get you plugged into our middle school and high school groups. Uh, we have a new series kicking off next week. Don't forget about it, don't miss it. We'll see you next week.